You really need to find the opportunity, find the money, get everybody aimed in the same direction, and then hire great people. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Hey there, welcome back to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm your host and executive coach, Terry Lepofsky. Before we get rolling, I also want to mention our wonderful and welcome sponsor, Market Circle, the maker of Daylight. One of my favorite apps, has been one of my favorite for years. I'm going to say close to uh, 10 years. I've been using Daylight for tracking all of my leads, projects, customers. I mean, it's way more than customer relationship management, even with one click. One click, I can track and keep all of my emails from any projects or customers in one spot. So if you're a team like I am, a small team, and you're willing to grow your company on the Mac, the iPhone, and or the iPad, definitely got to check out Daylight. There's a free trial waiting for you over at marketcircle.com. You got to check that one out and make sure that you're supporting those that support us. Daylight is your hub for business and integration with all of your favorite apps. Check it out today. Talk about a unique show. Today we're venturing into some new territory talking about the knack. What you're probably asking is the knack. Well, the knack that we're referring to is the ability to capitalize on opportunities and turn them into gold. So if you're anything like me, you're probably baffled about how some people out there are able to come up with brilliant new ideas for a business or a product, and then it takes off. And yet, just a short while ago, none of us realized that we wanted or needed a product or service like that. I remember when the iPad came out, and all the critics were bashing it, saying it wouldn't catch on. They said that we already had computers and smartphones. Why would we need an iPad? And yet now it's a staple. It's its own category, and every manufacturer out there is scrambling to get a piece of that action. Well, our guest today is a true pro at seeing opportunity where nobody expected to find any. Not only does he have the knack to spot amazing opportunities, but just like King Midas, everything he touches really does turn to gold. Who is the King Midas 2.0? Well, today we welcome to the show Mr. Bruce Linton, the amazing founder and man behind Martello Technologies, Tweed, and the Canopy Growth Corporation. Bruce Linton, a huge welcome to you, and thanks again for joining us today. Wow, what an intro. Glad to be here. I think sometimes if people don't know who you are, they don't realize just what a rock star of a guy you are. I want to go over some of the magic that you've created in the past. Before I do, I've got a quick question for you, Bruce. You up for this? Sure. What or who has inspired you and why? I would say mostly it's been people who give me opportunities. When I was just graduating from Carleton University, I was unsure whether or not I should go into this management training program I thought might be the right idea. And a guy named Terry Matthews asked me if I wanted to come up for an interview after the final Board of Governors meeting I was on with him. I saw Terry today, and I told him the same story as I'll tell you, which is I had the interesting thing to start working directly for him as my very first boss, and I thought he was normal. He is a great inspiration because he's anything but normal. He's energetic. Yeah. He interacts around the world. He tries to understand what everybody's technical issues are for which he could create a product set that's a solution. And so I learned a lot by watching Terry because I thought he did a terrific job of gathering a whole bunch of inputs and translating them into an output, which was always a good business. He's another one with the knack, and I think the two of you are quite the unstoppable force. 
I mentioned that you have the knack, and it certainly seems to me that you can spot opportunities a thousand miles away, things that are colored over and we can't even recognize them as what they truly could be. And everything that you touch definitely turns to gold. I got to make sure we don't make this too simple. I think it's so important that people are willing to try and fail. And I am an eager participant in that process of try and fail or try and succeed. Each time, you got to give it a fresh start with full enthusiasm and don't bring any baggage. And so I've had many things that I tried that were okay or not successes. And some things that were more, but I think the key thing is that you keep assessing the situation with no jaded or falsely optimistic perspective. You know, some people think when they succeed at something, their IQ has increased. That is never true. What you have to do is just keep resetting and restarting and retrying. I would say I've been better than average at that. And I don't know if that's called persistence, work ethic, or stubborn. That is what gives me some successes and over time papers over things that didn't work because that happens as well. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because one of the things that really stood out to me as I was taking notes about some of your history is just how active you've been. You've tried many, many different things over the years in many different realms, and some have turned out very well for you. 30 years ago, you were the president of the Carleton University Students Association. And then just after that, you joined the university's Board of Governors. In 1990, you were the finance and operations director at Cross Keys Systems, and you helped that company with its IPO on the NASDAQ and the Toronto Stock Exchange. Prince was partying like it was 1999, and you were co-founding Webhancer, mm -hmm. and that's the internet performance management solution provider. You had clients like Microsoft, Amazon, and the giant ISP company at home. Mm -hmm. It was Microsoft that eventually got the rights to use the data set. Even on that one. Yeah. So it was an awesome idea. Yes. How do we make this work better? But we didn't have yet enough experience to understand that the reason you come up with an invention and the thing that you create, when you present it to clients, it's up to them to see how they use it. And we didn't listen carefully enough for we could have even done way bigger and better. I think anybody who was in business and traveled and around the world at that time, that one was directly impacted by the events of 9-11 as a business. And I would say all of us as people in it, because we actually had relationships with some of the people who had founded companies and they died in at least one of the planes at that time. But what we learned out of that whole thing was how to listen to the client for how they wanted to use the product created and how to actually keep everything in context. I read a quote about this. I don't know if this quote came from you, Bruce, or somebody else, but you said, there were too many zeros involved in the transaction <laughs> to tell you what it was that we made out of this thing. So obviously, it was a success. I stole that quote from uh, Norm Wong. So Norm was the co-founder with me on that one. We put some personal cash in and we went from like a few guys to 100 people in about 14 months. It was madness at dot com. And ultimately, Microsoft acquired the intellectual property and the right to use all the resulting data, et cetera. But because the VCs had taken over after the 9-11, uh, they were running it the way they wanted. And they had ratchet clauses. When they put another dollar in, it was worth God knows how many hundreds for each dollar they added. So when they sold it, ultimately, Norm's line, which I stole, which was hilarious, he said, love to tell you how much we made on that one, but way too many zeros involved. Regrettably, there were no significant digits in front of the zeros. <laughs> right. I've also noticed, and I'm glad that we mentioned it earlier, that really you've got to be out there trying things. Yeah. Since 2000, you were the general manager of Computerland, yep. advisory board member for Foreign Affairs, Trade and Development Canada. You've been a board member at SiteBrand. Yep. 
the Canadian World Youth Organization and Clearford Industries. Yep. And on top of all of that, you were Canada's representative to the World Bank for their water sanitation program. Yeah, it was awesome. That's a pretty diverse background. That's being a very busy guy. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people have this obligation in their mind, which is false, which is to stay in their lane. You know, what do I know about starting a marijuana company? And really, uh, how come I'm involved in a tech company that's about to go public? I'm not expert necessarily in either, but if you go in a direction or pursue an opportunity and, and you know, really to get to it, the reason I'm now getting better, I think, after trying a lot of things is everybody has a neat idea. Everybody reads the same magazines, comes up with the same ideas off the web. What you got to look at is the public policy. What's changing at a macro level that's creating a whole new space? And I don't care if it's the allocation of bandwidth spectrum or if it's public policy as it pertains to the governance of cannabis. If there's no macro change, the chance that you're actually going to start a new business that derives its uh, opportunity from the legal frameworks is zero. So then you go back, the only other default is to technologically invent something. And a lot of the inventions that occur, I would suggest those are time and place opportunities like a college dorm to determine a Facebook opportunity. I'm not sure how to necessarily invent technologies to create opportunities, but I think it is still possible to create a lot of great business opportunities and wealth by watching what's happening on the, the global stage of public policy. Like I don't even care if you talk about how we manage carbon and credits and things of that nature to marijuana to what we're going to do if you start having restructured trade agreements and NAFTA doesn't exist. There's going to be some losers, but there's a whole bunch of new chances to be a winner. I like how you said uh, watching public policy changes. And you and I were chatting, I think it was probably a year and a half, almost two years ago, when you were starting to tell me about you were watching for barriers that were starting to delaminate. And there was pent-up demand behind those. And I think that that's a common thread between two organizations, or I guess three and maybe even becoming four now, that you're behind. Martello Technologies. Since 2013, you've been at the helm there. Your flagship solution, MarWatch, that provides performance management capabilities to unified communications companies like Mitel and multi-vendor networks. And it's been a huge success, very much so here in Canada, but I think in organizations around the world as well. We have about 7,000 clients around the world, right? And what we're really doing is pretty simple. I don't know when a company will be the last one to declare, I bought the last PBX. But ultimately, how you manage voice and video communications on a unified basis in your business does no longer need to be through a couple of boxes you buy and some person you pay to be your head of telecoms and uh, video capabilities. But when you move to have that as a rental per month, it becomes really easy financially and very challenging technically. And so that is the business that Martello is doing a very good job in. We've incremented that business to now, in addition to finding where the problems are, providing some of the solutions in terms of how to make better usage of bandwidth and better quality bandwidth out of disparate pieces that aren't great. And so businesses need communications, they need connectivity, and they don't want to have boxes they bought because that's a capital purchase. And if you look at how the world's moving, everybody wants to tape as they go. Nobody wants to buy and own. Right. So that's kind of what works for that one. It's 2012, 2013. You've launched Martello. This is a technology company through and through. And at the same time, you're co-founding one of the most controversial companies around, a cannabis company called Tweed. You're providing medicinal marijuana for medical patients. And coincidentally, around the same time, a hip, young, up-and-coming politician announces that he wants to run for Prime Minister of Canada with a very progressive platform that includes 
legalization of recreational marijuana. And so by late 2015, Justin Trudeau is in his seat, he's elected, and he's prime minister in Canada, and the wheels are now in motion for the legalization of cannabis. From coast to coast, that is set to take place here in Canada within the next few months. So demand for your products has been high, pardon the pun, and you've expanded your operations now by taking over the old Hershey Chocolate Factory in Smiths Falls, Ontario. That has become one of the largest grow-ups in the world. So Tweed grew, and again, pardon the pun on there, and three years ago it got a parent called Canopy, which sounds like a pretty appropriate name for a parent company to me. And after some acquisitions and strategic maneuverings, Canopy Growth Corporation is now one of the world's leading diversified cannabis companies. And it's now a $6 billion publicly traded company, and the stock has been on a huge growth curve since 2017. The big banks and investment houses are getting involved. You raised $175 million earlier this year. And didn't I just see that you raised another massive pot of money again just a short while ago? Well, when I started it, that was the correct date. The reason I began it was there was very clearly a shift that was going to occur in public policy in Canada related to the production, sale, distribution of cannabis. Because cannabis has been medically legal in Canada since 2001, but it had never had a complete supply chain where you could get the same product from the same supplier all the time. And so it was pretty clear to me that that was going to become the new policy. So I decided I would start one of these. And the first few people asked if you want to do it, thought it was a completely horrible idea. And so that was good because it meant in a short order that I would have very few competitors. And so, yes, we have raised quite a lot of money. I think we've done 14 rounds of finance. It really has been one of those things that not only did the public policy change and impact Canada, the public policy that Canada implemented has been observed globally to be the best, which is why we're also in 10 countries now, additional to Canada. Yeah, I see you're speaking all over the place. You were just in New York City speaking at a big event too on this. It's one of those topics that is fascinating, but it's also concerning for regulators because they don't want to be wrong in how they do it. And so the fact that Canada is not well and is a pretty stable and reasonable place means they generally feel comfortable replicating much of our procedural methods here, which means that we have a serious advantage because we already know how to comply. Now, it seems like you've been strapped onto these opportunity rockets in the last maybe 30 years. What kind of leadership perspectives and skills have helped you along the way? I think as you get older, you get much more comfortable at what you're best doing. And in my case, it tends to be identifying the opportunities and leading the development of the team, focusing on marketing and money and bringing talent in to fulfill all of the actual content. When I say that, I don't develop software that Martello provides, nor could I, nor would I be the best hire to be in charge of the propagation or producing cannabis or extracting the oils or creating medical products. You really need to find the opportunity, find the money, get everybody aimed in the same direction, and then hire great people. I tend to find that over time, I have a lot higher tolerance for people that are high IQ and can come up with ideas that I would never have thought of, then I have any tolerance for people that are not pleasant in the way they interact with people. And so really, I would say in both the cultures of those places, it's quite a clever bunch of people, but there isn't a person that I interact with that I don't think is a really nice and proper and decent person. What do you do when you do have somebody who does end up in one of your organizations like that? Time for a new career change. <laughs> Today, I'm trying to finish raising about four or $500 million in what's called a convertible to venture. And I don't know if you're hitting the beep on the other line. It's people in New York calling me to tell me what we got to do next, which started at 2.30. So I don't want to cut this short, but I, I have this really interesting thing, which is a ginormous potential bag of money, which I think I should attend to because 
if we raise this amount, it almost equals all the money we've raised in the history of building the company over six years. Well, I'm going to let you go, Bruce. I can't thank you enough for taking time away from such an amazing schedule. Okay. Thanks for enlightening us, sharing your awesome perspectives. On behalf of everyone listening right now, thank you so much for your time and your stories. I appreciate it. Thanks, Terry. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay. You take care. And a huge thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in to another episode of Inspiring Leaders. We appreciate every one of you and all of the great love that you're sharing with us on iTunes with your ratings and comments. If you haven't already done so, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating. This helps us trend, and that's how we get inspiring guests like Bruce Linton. I also want to make sure that we are thanking again our new sponsor, Market Circle, the makers of Daylight, one of my favorite apps, and I've been using this now for over 10 years. This is way more than customer relationship management or CRM. Daylight tracks all of my leads. It manages all of my projects, customers, and even with one click, all of my emails are properly filed away in the right place. You're looking to grow your business on that Mac, iPhone, and iPad. This is the way to scale your business, streamline that process, and make sure nothing slips through the cracks. And remember, in the show notes, I'm going to have a link to a special URL that'll take you straight there and get you started. Make sure that you support those who are supporting us. Join us again next week, which is the beginning of September, and the Leadership Brothers will be back to expose another intolerable boss. This time we're exposing the arrogant boss and exploring what you can do to survive. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us today. Take care and bye for now. Thank you.